right? Can we conclude that? That the nation was founded on Christian principles. Okay. So then the question comes up, so what? What do we do with that? Okay. And when I originally put this material together, I didn't have the so what. We, we had answered the question and like, you know, let's go have a coffee and go home. Um, but as I did the class here a few times, especially for the, the high schoolers, the, the homeschool high schoolers that are here, I've done this class a couple of times, one of their questions right off was, okay, what do we do with that now? So I, this particular lesson uh, doesn't look at all like the lesson that I did for the high schoolers, okay? Because um, we've all got some background here, so it's like, all right, now, now what? So I'm going to see if I can answer some questions for us. So these are my objectives, okay? For, I said, why me? What, why should I, why do this, okay? And I try to, you know, I try to maybe offload that on other people. What is our responsibility in terms of we have this knowledge, what are we supposed to do with it? So then part of it is we need to become informed, and there are two deals. So we have a foundation, and then how do we stay up with current affairs, okay? And, and if you want to take it a step further and get involved in politics, how do we do that? And, and one of the pieces of that is the voting precinct. And um, I had ignored politics for much, much of my life, and when we retired, got the house built, uh, thought, well, I ought to, you know, I'm, I'm not dead yet. I ought to do something. You know, I still feel pretty good. And it was before uh, they discovered I had heart problems. And so I ought to do something. And my mother's words were in my ear. She said, if you want to impact politics, it starts at the precinct level. And I went, I don't know what that is. Okay? So I have spent some time trying to understand that at the local level, not nationwide, not even Oregon-wide, but primarily in the three counties that are here. So then we're going to talk a little bit about the vote and the failure to vote, okay, and the impact that has. So it is my belief that our battle, even though we display it often in the political party issue, it is not a battle between political parties. We are in a battle between good and evil, okay? And, and I really like John, 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. There was, we, we talk about salvation, but without self, I mean, our other option is Satan gets to direct us, right? So he wants to destroy those works. So I believe that the folk, our focus, at least mine, is on, on freedom and liberty as supported by Scripture. And, and we've talked about that earlier as part of natural law, God's law. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, those are found in Scripture. That, that's part of God's law. Okay? So this, this little piece is about me here, why, why I do this. I, 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 ran, you know, I remember going through this several times, but here is Ezekiel 33, and I'll share that with you. The word of the Lord came to me, this is, of course, Ezekiel speaking, Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, when I bring the sword against the land and the people of the land choose one of their men and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword come in against the land and blows the trumpet to warn the people, then if anyone hears the trumpet and does not heed the warning, and the sword comes and takes their life, the blood is on their own head. That makes sense, right? You warned them, and you anything about it. Well, this is the part that hit me down here. Since they heard the sound of the trumpet but did not heed the warning, their blood is on their own head. If they had heeded the warning, they would have been saved. They would have saved themselves. But, always like the but, okay? If the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people and the sword comes and takes someone's life, that person's life will be taken because of their sin, but I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood. And so I said, well, I think I've gained some knowledge and maybe I should pass that on. Now, in some ways, I'm a little bit like the person whose only tool they have is a hammer. 
So everything they see looks like a nail. My, my professional time was spent as a trainer. I traveled over around half the world doing, doing training and consulting. And so every issue that I see, I approach it as a trainer. I mean, you've got to have, got to have training, got to have teaching here. Okay? Now, it may not be a valid approach, but it's, it's where, I, where I live. It's part of what drives me. So the, the reality, you know, and I've had to have people point this out to me, is people, people don't have a lot of time to get involved in stuff. Everybody's, you know, not everybody in here, but most people have jobs. They've got family. They've got recreation. They've got church, okay? And so part of the deal is where do you want to focus your time? Because you can't do everything. But I think we can all do something, Okay. And, and one of the ahas for that for me is when I was watching the, the Cape Brown recall. You know, I was trying to figure out why are, why are people so excited to come sign these petitions? And, and you talk, you know, I was in an office where we had petitions and we, you know, help people come do that. And, and so you begin to talk to people about why they want to do this. You know, what, what do you see as the problem? Well, most of the times people can't even articulate what they saw as the issue. Okay? They knew they didn't like Cape Brown, okay? but they weren't able to really articulate that, and they knew they ought to do something, and they concluded, the one thing I can do, I can sign this petition. Okay? Now, it didn't go anywhere, and, and that was predictable. Okay? Yes. Yeah, it, it was all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I looked at it from a, from a consultant standpoint way back when we were doing it going, this is not going to, this is not going to happen. Okay? The, the probability was not good. So then the other piece of, you know, having set that aside saying, okay, if I want to do something, first of all, I got to have a foundation. And, and part of that foundation thing is what we tried to do here for the last few weeks. And the course that I did, you know, last fall called an informed voter, but, but there are other pieces of that. I believe everybody needs to have, and I handed these out last week, these two documents, Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution. Those connect together. They, they are, we cannot separate the two documents, okay? Because this one directs that one, okay? That is, it's the foundation. I think everyone needs to have available to them a copy of the Federalist Papers, okay? I, I am less interested in the Anti-Federalist Papers, although I, I do go there, but the decision was made to have a, a, a strong central government. That's the Federalists, okay? We, that's what we, we have to some degree. So states, states have not taken on the role that they should have taken on to have more states' rights. Okay? So, but I don't, I don't suggest to people go read and study these, although if you want to study them, there are places to do that. You know, Hillsdale College has materials about the Federalist Papers. But I think we need to have them so when issues come up, I wonder, wonder what the founders had to say about that issue. Okay? Well, it's... it's yep. Yeah, I mean, th th this is foundation stuff. I mean, th th this was their understanding of what they wanted to do, okay? Now, I, I, I like other background information. I, I mean, I, in, the, in the last year, I've read, again, these three, George Orwell's Animal Farm, the 1984, and The Brave New World. And... Uh, it's amazing to read those today in today's political environment because it's like it's a little scary. Oh. Huh? Yeah. A, a, a book that doesn't get promoted very much, but I, but I think is a great piece for, for foundation is uh, Henry Hazlitt's Economics in One Lesson. This has got the broken window syndrome story in it. That, that's foundation of basic economics. I mean, this is, this is capitalism in one lesson here, okay? Any of you ever read this, Economics in One Lesson? No. 
it's a fairly easy read. It, it's not a complicated thing to, to read. It's, uh, and Henry has a, a number of other stuff that he's written. Okay? Uh, de Tocqueville's Democracy in, Democracy in America, he was a Frenchman, came here to try to figure out why the revolution in America worked and the revolution in France didn't. Because they happened at about the same time, primarily for the same purposes, but the France one just was a, a muddled mess. I mean, they just wiped out people. Okay? His conclusion that the difference was, was religion, was, was the church. Okay? The impact of the church. Oh, and and he, paraphrasing, he said, it, it is in everything that they do. All the decisions that are made, the, the focus of the government, everything the, is a consideration of scripture in the decisions that are made. And he concluded that was the primary difference. So uh, my, my liberal friends beat up on me about promoting Anne Rand. Uh, she was a, a little bit strange, but she came from, from, from Russia, a communist Russia, and so she had that understanding of things there and got here and went, whoa, you know, they're doing the same stuff here that I saw back there. And so have you, have, have you ever read? I mean, She's written a number of books. Atlas Shrugged is one of my, one of my favorites. Uh, this one I hadn't even hadn't thought about and didn't even know about for a long time on capitalism, the unknown ideal. Uh, she's done an excellent job there of talking about capitalism. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, this is not. Come on, Skeet. Alice Shrug was probably one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this has been made into a three-movie series. That's fairly well done, and it's, oh, you know, I mean, because this is fiction, right? It's not not fact. <laughs> It's okay, okay? The other place where there's really good, solid information is Hillsdale College. Their courses are free, okay? Uh, some of them you can actually get college credit for if you'll pay, for, you know, if you'll pay the college credit fee. Uh, but most of these are 45 minute, or maybe a little bit longer, but most of them are 45 minute uh, lectures, okay? And they're, uh, not very fast-paced, and it's by really good speaking professors, okay, that, that, that know their stuff. Uh, and, and it's, I don't know, there's, there's over a dozen courses, okay? Have you ever, ta ever taken these? I just discovered a couple of days my friend Carl that helped me build a house has uh, done uh, a couple of these. The Constitution 101 he's done, and he's he, did uh, they have one on C.S. Lewis, Life of C.S. Lewis? Okay, and, and Carl, Carl went through that. Uh, Wall Builders, of course, is an, is another good place to get good information. Uh, the I have their video series. It's uh, I don't know, it almost beats it to death in the video series, but it's not a bad bad series. The original tent is an is an excellent book to have on hand to do research in, uh, the, the difficulty with reading it is he makes a point and then he gives an example and then another example and an example of the example and another example and another example, okay? And so uh, you learn pretty soon that after you've got the second example, it's time to thumb on to the next issue, okay? Because it, I mean, he had all these years of doing research and he just poured it into this book, okay? It's uh, trying to get two pounds of hamburger in a one pound bag here, okay? More current affairs, uh, one of my favorite authors and, and, and speakers is, 
is Mark Levin on, on current stuff. Uh, excellent podcast. He's got, uh, and it's not daily, but every few days he does, has a, a video podcast that he does. And he, of course, he's got, got his show that he does daily on, on the radio. Okay? But he is an excellent writer. He is a, a constitutional lawyer. Okay? And uh, these are good, good books. I'm about in the middle of this one. Okay? Uh, it's one of my friends that I suggest to it said, I don't know why I read it. I already, you know, I'm, I'm convinced, been convinced for a long time that the Democrats hate America. So I read that. But he's got good documentation here. I mean, this is fun to read. This one was designed for uh, high school and college students. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure how you get them to read it because I have one of those in my house and I was like, it's, he's busy going somewhere all the time, okay? I, I, I tried that to get, it, to, to get him to go to school on time. And it, oh, he said it worked, but he was tardy in 20 two out of 43 days, okay? So, I, I, he's, he's told me that, yeah. It's a teacher's fault of the school of the system. Anyway, these are other sources of, of good information that, that is out there. I, uh, I, I look at some of these for economics. This is my favorite, is, is this one. I, I don't recommend people do that because they're, it's on from 3 to 6 in the morning, and I watch it for about 30 or 40 minutes because I'm at the gym on a treadmill. Okay, I'm, I'm down there at the 5 o'clock hour, and so, you know, and that, there, there's not very many of us. There's just a few crazy people there that time of, of day, okay? But, but these are all valid sources to some degree. I mean, Fox News to a lesser extent. Drudge Report has gone primarily off, off to the left, but I still scan it to see if there's stuff that I want to look at. And I, I watch, uh, this is the only commercial broadcast TV program that I watch, okay? All the rest of these, I, you know, even Fox News, I, I have an app on my iPad and I scan down through and I read articles I want to read. I mean, I don't care what the British royalty is doing, okay? I, or, or what, what the love affair of somebody in Hollywood. I mean, I, I, it's just of no, no interest to me whatsoever, okay? And so I don't need to watch the news and get that piece of information because I, it's irrelevant. I mean, it has nothing to do with it, okay? Uh, one of the values of Rumble is that you can, people are able to post stuff on there that you can't post on, on YouTube, okay? So a lot of the prophets and prophets that we follow post on, on Rumble. Uh, the class that I did here, the informed voter, I have that on Rumble, okay? They didn't require me to have any documentation about stuff that was copyrighted, and I, I noted in the stuff that I printed that there were you know, some copyrighted photos or drawings. They didn't make me go get permission Okay, and I like that. Yeah. I mean, all this, all this stuff is on the list of stuff I've given you. So here's some other current, current affairs. I don't know whether you follow uh, any of the prophets and prophets or not, but, th but there are some that I like. Uh, I, I like Lance Walhow, uh, Mario Morello, Sometimes he leaps off the edge, but Mario's an interesting guy. He came out of the, out of the Jesus movement uh, from Berkeley, okay? So you think about somebody who's conservative, Christian, escaping from Berkeley. Now, you, you've got to have a solid foundation to do that. So he's an evangelist, okay? Doesn't claim to be a prophet or, you know, claims to be an evangelist, okay? But, he, but and I, I get his blog... I think it comes out every two or three days. Uh, and he 
usually he's right on with blogs that have to do with politics. Robin Bullock. Uh, Robin's one of those, those guys, the first time I looked at him, I got, you know, it's an old, it's an old rocker here. Uh, and, and the funny dress that he has with this big leather coat, he said the Lord told him to do that, okay? Uh, so, um, but, but he's, he's one of those prophets that we have looked at over the years, and his prophecies uh, come, you know, come to, to, to reality, okay? Uh, and he doesn't do pie in the sky kinds of, of prophecies, okay? Some others that I like following occasionally are Julia Green, Hank Kuhneman, and Amanda Grace. There are others out there, but these are ones that uh, people in the prayer group that I'm part of have been following for a number of years, and, and the lady that leads our prayer group uh, is, a, is an AG pastor's kid, okay? Uh, and she's really solid foundation, and she, and she and things have got to be got to fit with scripture before she will support. Okay, and so I, I trust her. Okay. So then, John has, and I'll show you. It's got had a card. That, I, do you still hand out the card? Okay, good. Uh, these came from you, John. These are other sources that John has validated as being uh, accurate, and, and I use that in quotes, I mean, they're, they're, they're better than CNBC or uh, CBS or... So, so he'll give you the list. There's a long list of stuff that, that it recommends. And I, and I went through those and I picked out ones. And part of the reason, part of the, what we're picking out is whether I could get a decent logo. Okay. I mean, I mean I'm the one doing the PowerPoint, so I can do that. Okay. So at a local level, okay, if you want to be involved in political stuff and you say, I'm interested in a narrow area, because you, you're involved in the medical field, and I don't know that I have yours. Okay, right here. All right. So these are these are local groups, okay? That if you want to be involved in area, I mean, of course, the right to life. I mean, that means exactly what it what you think it means. Uh, Oregon for medical freedom and Americans frontline doctors, the Oregon Tea Party, uh, the Oregon Firearms Federation. Timber Unity, sometimes they, they have a tendency to, to go off in a, in a wild direction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because they imploded. Okay. Right? Uh, Jeff Krupp runs this group and this. These are connected together. When the legislature is meeting, this, this group, I, I think he meets on used to be Thursday afternoons. So if you, want to, if you want to know how the legislature's working, you want to know what's happening on the floor, you can go to the war room. He's got, a, he's got an office set up in the Capitol, and you can go there and sit, and you'll get you know, live feed of what's happening on the floor. You, get, you can get information about how do I impact you know, legislation. Okay? Uh, and occasionally he does training on, the, on what I call the OLIS system, the Oregon Legislative Information System, uh, which is not for the faint of heart to deal with. The Oregon Watchdog is primarily focused at, uh, at, at the tax level, primary property taxes, and they put out a publication. Uh, when the legislature is going on, they'll put out a publication about once a month, okay? And it'll be way more information than you want. So if you have some particular area of interest, these are pretty good organizations. I really like the Parents' Rights in Education. Uh, the gal that, that runs that is very solid. Okay. So th this was one of your older cards, okay? And you've got fresh ones with you, right? I have one here, Adopt Your Obsolete, and uh, Lisa 
Okay. So you guys still meeting on Thursdays? Thursday night, six o'clock. Six o'clock. And then about once a week, John sends out this in email. Okay. This is this is two pages of a, of a PDF, and I oh, I forgot about it. And this morning I said, oh, I got to put that on there, and so I, I didn't I didn't put a background on them. I just stuck them on here. But but the, the PDF and the email both these are hot links. You just click on them and they take you there. So if you want to stay with current affairs, get on his mailing list. So then I'm back to the time element, okay? Which I'm going to use to, to focus on the, the local political issues, okay? This church has members primarily from three counties. I know there are a few from Polk, but mainly it's Marion, Lynn, and Benton, okay? So I didn't, I didn't spend time with the poke one. Um, I probably should, but I just want, want to give you some overview of, of what happened, what's happening in these counties. In, in Marion County, there are 60, I call them taxing districts, okay? These are organizations that receive tax from your property, your property tax, okay? And, and these are the groups. There are 20 cities. There are 14 education districts, 20 fire districts, four water districts, and two others, like Park and Rec, I think, is one of them, an ambulance district, the other. Several of these cross county lines. For instance, uh, there are two cities in the, Sanium, in the Canyon area that are in both Lynn and Marion counties, okay? Uh, Mill City and Gates, okay? Uh, and there are property, there's some property in Idena that's also in Marion County. Although most people tell me if they're in, people are in Idena, they don't want anybody bothering them. Okay? Um, but it's okay. So what, we, what you've got out of this 60 is 344 elected positions and 690 volunteer positions. So if you wanted to be involved in politics, say to people, before you decide you want to run for one of these elected positions, why don't you go volunteer for one of these volunteer positions? Because every, every one of these 20 cities and every one, excuse me, every one of the 60 taxing districts is required by law to have a budget committee. Okay? And that budget committee starts meeting usually in about September or October to get a budget done for next June. Okay? So they're all required to have one. So it, it, you know, all you got to do is either go to the place or go to their website and say, I'm interested in being, because often they're looking for people. All the cities have planning commissions. Uh, many of them have other, you know, I think about, you know, it's, it's not Marion, but in, in Sile they have uh, a library advisory committee. And there was a, a vacancy came open on that committee a few years ago, and I suggested that to one of my acquaintances that lives in Sile. They, they got on the committee, okay? Uh, it's not a dramatic committee, but pretty soon there was an opening where somebody quit the city council, left early, and they needed to fill that position, and they tapped this person to, to make an application for that position. Because when you're on those advisory committees, you are kind of on the inside. You get to, to take a look about how this organization functions or doesn't function, okay? So it's an, it's an easy way to say, I, I think I want to be involved in politics, but rather than put my whole foot in, how about I just put a toe in here, okay? And of course, you know, the city of Salem is in, in this group, and there are, uh, there are over 100 volunteer positions in this, with the city of Salem, okay? But you would have to, you've got to live inside the boundaries of, it, of an organization to do that. Okay, Lynn County, there are 62 taxing districts, 14 cities, 18 education districts, 14 fire districts, seven water districts, and eight others. That's 358 elected positions, 
531 volunteer positions, 100 of those are in the city of Albany. Okay. So again, want to be involved? What, you know, whatever, whatever your area are you interested in? Sometimes I find that people ha have more interest when they look at what the, the eight other are. For instance, there are, there are uh, two cemetery districts in that other, okay? There is a, two park and recreation districts, and there's a district in the Lebanon area that has to do with swim, the swimming pool there, okay? Um, so sometimes have a, people have a personal interest going, oh, now there's something I'm interested in, okay? Uh, I would be inclined to go do something with one of the fire districts. My father was a fire chief for 14 years in a volunteer deal, and I was a volunteer for eight years in, in a small oh, fire district. So it, it interests me, and I worked for a water district for almost 10 years. So th those would be areas of, of my interest if I didn't want to do other stuff. Benton County is the smaller of the three counties. We've got 42 taxing districts. And this one's got, you've got 13 road districts. That's, I've looked at all, all of the 32 counties in Oregon. And that's the, this county has the largest number of road districts of any county in the state. Okay? And it's, I don't know why that is, but road districts are primarily interested in a, in a road in a particular geographic area. Okay? Uh, the people live there, help pay for the road. Right? So there are 220 elected positions, 290 volunteer positions. So you start adding those up. Here we're talking about over 1,000 positions, both elected and volunteer. So if people have any interest in being in politics, this is, the, this is an easy way to get in. I mean, you don't, to get the volunteer position, in most cases, all you got to do is fill out a form and, and turn it in. Okay? Now, Salem and Albany uh, and Corvallis, those three cities, it's a little more difficult because they want to make sure that you're of the right mindset. Okay? So you have to be, if, you, if you're a conservative, uh, especially a Christian conservative, you've you got to be a little subtle about how you answer questions there, okay? You don't want to be putting that on your sleeve. All right, which brings me to greater involvement in politics. So I want to talk about political parties and, and primarily in voting precincts. There is an Oregon Revived Statute, ORS 248, that describes how political parties are organized in the state of Oregon. Now, it always seemed odd to me that we have a state statute dictating the organizational structure of political parties. And I've never done research to figure out how that came about, but it is there. I mean, that, that, is, the, that is the primary deal. And they talk about state parties, both major and minor parties, okay? And they also describe county parties. And so the state is divided into 32 counties. 30 of the 32 counties, that's not right, there are 36 counties. 36 counties, okay? 32 of the 36 have organized groups. What's a, I, I know I had that number from someplace, okay? You should have corrected me earlier, okay? All right, so unofficially, all voters that are registered with a specific party affiliation are members of the party, all right? That's unofficially, but, but, that, but that's true. I mean, RS-248 describes that clearly. Officially, there are these people called precinct committee persons. And some of us are old enough to remember when we went to vote, we went usually to a school and there was a big book there that they opened up and they found your name, you showed them some ID, and you signed in. The people behind, behind the desk were precinct committee persons. And, and these are people who are elected on the even-numbered years in May. Now, you can also be an appointed precinct committee person, okay? And, and how you do that is dependent upon the county. In almost every case, it's real simple. It's a one-page form you fill out with about three or four pieces of information, and, and at the next meeting that they have, they'll vote, okay? And somebody vouches for you, and they'll vote, and uh, it'd be rare not to, not to get voted in, because the, 
the number of people who do the work relative to how many they have available is relatively small. Theoretically, the precinct committee people are the individuals who set the party direction. Okay? That's more theory than it is practice. So the question is, what is a PCP? They're individuals who are elected by members of their party that live within their precinct. For instance, I live in Millersburg, that's precinct 76. And so when I file a, a, a SEL 105 form to run for precinct committee person, and I've done that already, and so my name will be on the ballot next May, and the only people who get to vote for me are the people who live in Precinct 76. Okay? My name will not be on anybody else's ballot. Okay? And, and the state has allocated one precinct committee person for about every 250 population that are, that are in, in a district. And I've got to be careful with that. We're talking about registered voters. Okay? Not registered Republicans or Democrats, but total number of registered voters. So you get one PCP for about every 250 registered voters inside the precinct, okay? And for instance, uh, Millersburg has 10 PCP positions. City of Albany has 131 positions. Are they divvied up, Republican and e Each party is allowed to have the same number, okay? Yeah, yeah, don't split it. I mean, the Democrats get one for every 250, the Republicans get one for every 250. Okay? Right? And, and if the minor parties have enough registered voters to where they're classified as a major party, they also get one for every 250. Okay? The election is in May every two years on the even numbered years. It requires three votes to get elected. Yeah, I, the first time, first time we did this, Judy and I did this as write-ins, okay, because it was too late to file. Uh, she got four votes and I got five, or she got five and I got four. Remember, one, one way or the other, okay. Uh, last time around, I think we each got a couple of hundred votes, okay, because our name is on the ballot, okay. So the common function, the, the, this is the described function of PCPs. This is the ground floor of the political system in America, is the precinct, okay? Individuals holding these positions can influence the direction and focus of political party. They don't always do it, but they can, okay? Sometimes it's a little bit like trying to push a string across the table, okay? Oh. I don't know very much about the Democrats, but I know that Republicans historically are a little bit like Christians. They want to get together and shoot one another, okay? Oh, as opposed to figuring out how can we lock arms and move forward, let's find something that we can argue about, okay? This group is also responsible to identify and support individuals to run for public office, okay? And some of, the, some of the counties do a good job of this and others do a terrible job. They're supposed to be the communication conduit between the government's activities and their friends and neighbors, okay? So part of, part of my task when, when the legislature is running, okay, is to post on my Facebook page stuff that I know about that's happening there that I, that I think are, are maybe of interest or of concern. It's not everything, because there'll be, uh, be between three and 4,000 bills you know, come before the legislature in a general session. Okay? Now, not all of those will make it to the floor, but you can't even talk about one until you get a number on it so you can find it. Okay? But many of the bills with numbers will not ever make it out of committee. I mean, it's like about 25% actually even make it out of committee. So part of, part of our task here, I think, as a PCP, is to try to help our friends and neighbors know what's happening in those areas, or something that's happening locally in the, in the political area. I, I have personally very little interest in what's happening, in posting stuff about what's happening in, in Washington, D.C., or what's happening in Salem, okay? As a, 
as a PCP in Lynn County, my focus needs to be on what's happening in Lynn County. Okay? And, and the more the local level, the better off we are. Because it's my strong belief that if we had strong biblical worldview people elected at the local level, special districts and cities, and we needed somebody to run for a state legislative position, it is that group, I mean, we just saw it's almost a thousand in the three counties. It is out of that group that we ought to be able to pick people that have proven themselves and, and help promote them into the next position. Oh, let's see. Unf I got, got to watch my tongue here. Okay. The, the the ORP, Oregon Republican Party, from, from where I'm at, ought to have people that, that are focused on, on doing this. Okay, and it ought to be divided up amongst the counties. What I do is I root I routinely. I don't know how routine it is, but it's not every day, but every few days I'll go to the OLIS system and I have certain committees that I'll look at. And then I also depend on people like this gentleman right here who is looking at another group of, of stuff, okay? The, he, he will post stuff or send me email and I have contacts with, with other people. My friend Tom Cordier, is, you know, he's interested in a particular area and so he will send me emails, you know, he'll post stuff on Facebook. So unfortunately, there's not an organized place. But, but if somebody, if I see something about a bill, whether I'm looking at the newspaper or Kevin or somebody sends me something, the place I go is the OLIS system, okay? Oh. And then we have a prayer group that we meet with every Friday and part of my task with them is if there are items that I know that they might be interested in, okay? Uh, I, I will stick that up on the screen in our living room and go, here's where you go to do testimony, okay? And, and part of the thing you have to be careful of is sometimes the, the date by which you can do testimony has passed, okay? Uh, so so there, to my way of thinking, there is no organized methodology here and there ought to be. Yeah, Kevin. Yep. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And, that, and that's the reason you know that I brought him up when we we're talking about when the legislature's going. It's important to stay connected to that, that group. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. Because he's not going to do all the bills, but the, but they're going to going to be getting information out about bills that they think are really important. So also, you know, dealing with the, the general business of, of the county party. My, my personal deal is I say to people, you ought to figure out an area where, that, that you have passion for, okay? And put your time and energy into that area, okay? For instance, if, if you're interested in the Second Amendment, then, you, ought, you know, it's not hard to find out which committees will be dealing with Second Amendment stuff, okay? And one of the things you have to watch, if there's, a, if there's a bill that comes before a committee, it's got to do with Second Amendment, and that's your passion, and it doesn't make it to the floor. Make a note about it, okay? Because I can guarantee you if it was brought by, the, by one of my Democrat friends, it'll be back at the next legislative session, okay? Yeah, uh, let's see, I chose not to include the judiciary in my discussion. But, but it uh, is an area of interest to me because all of the appellate court except one and all of the Supreme Court have been appointed by, by this governor or the previous governor, okay? And uh, 
I have an acquaintance who is a judge in Lynn County who has promised to help me figure out how, how do we get information out there to, to get people to try to find people to run against these judges? Because it's six-year terms, okay? Typically what happens, I knew I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, okay? It's a six-year term. What they will do is they will retire before the term is over and the governor gets to appoint a replacement. And one of, his, one of Michael's comments to me is that the reason it's hard to get people to run against a, a sitting judge is twofold. You have a concern that someday you may be in front of that judge with, if you lose, okay, maybe in front of that judge with, with some legal issue, okay, and may not get favor. The other one is the, the money that you can make as an attorney dealing with either civil or, or criminal cases is way more than you'll ever make as a judge. And so where do you get judges? Well, they, his deal is they need to come out of the, the, the attorneys are in the, in the district attorney's office and out of academia. That's where you ought to be selecting them. Because people who are, who are successful in, as a criminal lawyer, they don't want to judge position. I mean, they change your lifestyle, okay? Yeah, we talked about that piece, okay? Uh, how to become a PCP, I mentioned this, it's real easy. You have to be a member of a political party for 180 days, have to live in the precinct 251 days. You fill out a form, the SEL 105, it's online, okay? You turn it into the county clerk's office, there's no cost, okay? put you on the ballot, you get three votes, you're there. Okay, it, it's, it's one of the simpler things you can do. So why, if that's true, why do, we have, why do we not have all we need? And so I'm gonna show you the three counties and how they stack up here. Here's Benton County. This is 21 voting precincts in Benton County. The, the law we just looked at, 248, allocates 242 PCP positions for Benton County. The Republicans have 46 of those filled. The Democrats have 94 filled. And, and that's understandable. The D to R uh, population in Corvallis is two to one. Okay? There's twice as many Democrats as there are Republicans. Well, in, in Corvallis, it's two Democrats for every Republican, okay, All right? But listen, we've only got 19% of the seats filled, okay? Hard to get a boots-on-the-ground group to, to do stuff when you've saying, well, we, you know, we only got 19% of what is allocated. What, what kind of impact could they make in Benton County if they had 240 active PCPs, way more impact than they're having with 46. Because of the 46, 21 or 22 of them come to a meeting once a month, okay? My county is not any much better off. There are 84, it's now 85, they just added one. 84 voting precincts in Lynn County, okay? There are 411 positions available in the county. Right now, there are 107 Republicans and 50 Democrats because Lynn County is flip side of, of Benton. It's about two Republicans for every Democrat in Lynn County, okay? So again, but we've only got 26% of the positions filled, okay? My friends, their D's only got 12%. Hard to be effective except that 12% that is very active in the city of Albany. Okay, uh, unless something happens dramatic, they will, they will hold all six of the city council seats at the next election. Okay. Here in Marion, 117 precincts, 935 positions. The, again, only got 24% of them filled. Okay, and the D's have only got 19%. I mean, when, when people say, well, the parties don't seem to be very effective, well, this, 
this is the primary reason. They don't have enough boots on the ground to be effective. Okay? And so you end up then with a small number of people guiding things. Okay? And, and they, you elect new officers for these parties at the county level every second year. And, what, and it'll happen in October or November. And so what happens, you get a, a new, new executive committee in there, the new officers, and often they come with some direction that's important to them. And so the, this party goes off in that direction. Two years from now, they get another group in there, and now we're going this direction. And two years from that, and then they're going this direction. Okay. So I, I have yet to look at a party, and I haven't looked at all, all 32, okay, but I've looked at several of them. I have yet to find one that has a true organizational structure that will remain there regardless of the leadership. Okay? All right, to vote. There are two elections every year. Okay? Odd number of years are special district elections in May. Bonds will be on the ballot in November. There may be some on there in May, but November is the primary focus. On even-numbered years, you get federal, state, county, and the primary election in May. Bonds and other measures will be in May. The general election in November. City council and mayor positions will be on the ballot in November, as it will be bonds and other measures. Okay. So this I took off of the, the desk at the, at the courthouse. It, uh, it's an interesting deal. You get one vote gave Oliver Cromwell control of England. One vote brought Texas into the Union. One vote saved Andrew Jackson from impeachment. One vote gave uh, Hayes the presidency. One vote gave Adolf Hitler the leadership of the Nazi party. And one vote from each precinct in Illinois would have defeated John Kennedy. Okay? So that's the value of one vote. So let's look at what happens here. So this is as of about a week ago, okay? So this is the number of Republicans, Democrats, and, and non-affiliated voters in each of the three counties. And you can see that in Benton, you got about a two to one D to R, but, but you're also the second largest group of non-affiliated. Lynn, we've got Republicans are the second largest, the non-affiliated are the largest. And, and and I just, a few days ago, I looked at the history here, okay, because they, they, they graph this stuff. I think they post it weekly and, and graph it. And it's kind of fun because you can see, at least I looked at Lynn County, you can see the number of D and R go down and the number of non-affiliated go up. So you've got people who will make that switch. And if you go back to just to an election cycle, you'll see it go the other way. You'll see the number of non-affiliated go down and the number of D's and R's go up. People will switch their party so they can vote. They don't necessarily want to be associated with that party, but they want, but they want to be able to get a ballot, especially in the primary. Because if you're a non-affiliated voter, the only people, the only things going to be on your ballot are judges and, and ballot measures. You're not going to get, get to vote for anybody to run for office. Okay. Here in Marion, you've got a pretty good split between D's and R's. Non-affiliated is the big group. Statewide, here's the way the thing looks statewide. 700,000 R's, about a million D's, a little over a million unaffiliated. Okay. All right, here's the voter turnout. This is the stuff that makes me want to scratch my head. Okay. Went back to the 2020 election. This was a big election. This was you know, the, the Trump election. You can see the turnout is pretty decent. And we have mail-in ballots. I mean, it, it's got to be the simplest possible way to vote. And not only that, but it's got a stamp on it. You don't have to do anything other than mark it and put it in the mail. And still, we, don't, we get you know, the 80% turnout. Here's the bad news. Special district elections. The Benton County was, and this was just this, this year, okay? was 41%. Why was it so high? Because there was a major issue on the ballot that had to do with a bond measure. Okay? 
If it hadn't have been there, the numbers would have been more like Lynn and Marion. Well, here's the deal. I, I, I went back and looked at the ballot measure 114, okay? That was in the 2022 election. There were almost 3 million ballots mailed, 1.8 million, 60% of them were returned. That's a pretty good return. 94% of those ballots voted on this issue. Not everybody votes on every issue, and those are, those are referred to as under, undercounts or undervotes. Okay? But notice this. You've got 51% yes, 49% no. What you're looking at here is 29% of the Oregon voters approve this measure. The three out of 10 voters are the ones that approved this thing that impacted everybody. And here's the deal. The green counties are the ones where it, where it passed. This issue failed in all the rest of those. Okay. So it's a good news, bad news with these special elections. If I'm trying to get somebody in a school district elected, low voter turnout is not necessarily a bad thing because I can keep my mailing costs and my get out the vote costs down because what I need to do is make sure I got contact with my base. Okay? And there, there is a program that is available to the parties. Uh, the one I'm familiar with is called the GOP Data Center. And I can go in and select from that those voters that, uh, that are registered Republicans that have voted in all four of the last four elections. And so if I want to target, that, that, that's my base, right? So I'm going to send information to those about the candidates that I want to get elected. Because a lot of times in special election, people don't vote because they don't know any of these people on the ballot. So you figure out what your base is. So th that's the good news. The bad news is that often we end up with a small number of people approving or disapproving things that are important. So here's the 2023 special election. Benton County, this was a bond measure. About 41% came back, okay? It was turned down by 56% of the ballots that were returned. So essentially two out of every 10 voters in the county defeated this measure, all right? Now, if, if my goal is to get this defeated, that's, I, I like having the low numbers. If I wanted to get it passed, I probably should have been doing something to get bigger turnout. So in, in Lynn County, it was an 18% return in 2023. In the Greater Albany School District, the GAPS District, it was a 21% return. The, the winner got 50.5%, okay? And, and so we're gonna look at a similar one here. Marion County, 22%, 22% return. The, the Salem-Kaiser School District was a little higher, 23.4. Typical winner. The range on the winners in, in, I looked at all the positions, ran between 50.5 and 55.5% was what the winner got, okay? So in both cases now, you got one in 10 voters that selected the board positions for these schools, okay? Now, if it's your candidate, that's probably fine, okay? But it's also the reason that we sometimes don't get good candidates. I mean, this is dismal here. So the last piece, in, in my county, there are 82 positions, plus the president and vice president will be on the ballots in, in next year, okay? Including all 411 PCPs. So there'd be one federal position, three statewide positions, one state senate position, all three house positions, 10 judges, 11 positions at the county, 53 city positions, okay? 11 of those are mayors. And, and this kind of distribution is gonna be the same in the other counties, okay? 
So if you were inclined to be involved, this would be a good election to get involved in because the turnout's probably going to be very high, okay? Probably not so much at the, at the primary, but the general election because the probability is high that Trump will be running again. Oh, and so that's going to generate a big turnout. And I put these on the list. These are, these are places when the, when the ballots start coming out, these are places we can go to get information about these candidates. Okay? I like Ballotpedia and I, for local stuff, and I also like the Vote Smart deal that's done by Oregon Live. Um, and others I, I, I use, I like the Abigail one, I like the Voter's Guide that comes out from Family Council. But when I'm looking for an, about an individual, these other two I, I, I do a lot with. And I think they're on the list. Gosh, I ran over. Should have been done by now, okay? So anytime that you have interaction with the DMV, you need to go online and verify your voter registration remains where you think it is, okay? It, it usually ends up about a 10% change. And that's it. Questions? Even though we've run over. 